0: Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him.
1: Getting you started on your day.
2: With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's
3: serious. It's
1: fun. It's your Catholic
3: Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to
0: Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Thursday, December the 29th, 2022, the fifth day of Christmas and i'm sure adrian's gonna present five golden rings to me today praise be to god looking forward to that but nonetheless we're also talking with uh, dr paul kengor i have to say is probably on like the he's on my top 10 for best interviews of 2022 on the cdt show he's back we're going to be talking about the communist subversion of christmas Are we dreaming of a white Christmas or the salvation of souls around the world? Maybe both. I don't know. We'll have that conversation with Paul Kengore coming up at 15 past the hour. Do join us if you can. Uh, Dr. Gavin Agington is expected to be on with us at 35 past the hour. You might remember he was a bishop in the Episcopal, or the Anglican Church. He was also a chaplain to Her Majesty the Queen. Well, he's now Roman Catholic. And he has uh he's got an article out over at the uh the the Herald dot uk on the king's Christmas speech. We're gonna be covering that at 35 past the hour. Attorney Brent Haynes will join us at the top of the next hour. What can we expect in the new year with control of the House of Representatives switching? We're gonna to talk to Brent about that and a lot more. Hey, Adrian's favorite film of all time, Avatar, is on its way. It's just passed $1 billion in global box office sales. So I guess it that makes it good. I don't know. Chinese travelers have uh, landed in uh, for the first time of being allowed to leave their country post-pandemic. A plane landed in Italy yesterday, half of which tested positive for COVID. So a lot of countries are not allowing them in now. Uh, Twitter owner Elon Musk has announced Wednesday on the platform that no longer are they just going to cut off voices that, uh, you know, don't agree with prevailing science theories and opinions. Uh, Now you're allowed to have a contrary opinion on the platform. Very good. I like that. The National Guard has been going door to door and wellness checks across Erie County, New York, as the death toll rises there from the uh, Buffalo area blizzard. It's 34. Let's pray for the repose of their souls. Many people have been incredibly affected by that. The storm has just been devastating, so we keep them in our prayers. And, of course, you heard yesterday, we reported it, that Benedict XVI's health has continued to deteriorate, suffering kidney failure. His uh, heart needed to be regulated through the pacemaker. Uh, He is expected to pass at some point soon, but no new information has been released from the Vatican. If it does, I will certainly bring it to your attention. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Howdy,
3: howdy! Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is. Praise be to God. So mm-hmm. let us pray for the salvation of the soul of Benedict. That would be uh, amazing for him to, you know, be able to die a good death, die Amen. a holy death. Yeah. What a grace, especially at that age. To Whenever see it coming, you get that's to that grace. age. That's grace. Whoo! He's like ninety-five years old. It's yeah. like at this point, you don't really pray for someone to get better. You pray that they make have a holy death, yeah exactly I,
0: I think that was his prayer too
3: I yeah mean, i don't think he wants to be alive anymore I, ten years ago <laughs> his, he was talking about his, uh, making his, this if you read his letter from like February, he 's right. like i don 't know why i 'm alive, <laughs> but I am <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> it reminds me of a, of old Polish priest I knew at University of St Thomas. every time you'd see him, he'd be like, "Father, how are you doing?" He could shrug and he goes, <sighs> I'm alive. <laughs> Sounds like an eor. Okay. We're like I'm sorry, Father. I think <laughs> <laughs> you're alive, and that counts? Question mark. <laughs> That's, right. That's right.
0: Unfortunately for him, it counts too much. But nonetheless, we will continue to pray for Benedict the Sixteenth, and that he make uh, a good and holy death. Praise be to God. No one could ask for more. I would say. All right, we have a lot to get to today. Let's pray. Let's begin and pray for your intentions as well, and those souls who have uh, gone to meet their Maker today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, To Thee do I come, before Thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in Thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines. Breitbart reports, U.S. aid to Ukraine eclipses most world military budgets. The $113 billion in U.S. aid to Ukraine has eclipsed the annual military budget of every country in the world except for the United States and China. The passage of the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill grants Ukraine $45 billion in military and economic aid, making the total to date $113 billion. The Quincy Institute reported that aid to Ukraine eclipsed American aid to any country in one year since at least the Vietnam War. The Daily Wire reports, biometric device with with identities of U.S. servicemen Afghan allies was sold on eBay for only 68 bucks. I wonder if that was like a buy it now or a bid. I'm not sure. But the purchaser is a German security researcher, Matthias Marx. Marx and his team purchased the device known as a secure electronic enrollment kit or a Seek 2 from eBay in August. Five were purchased in all. In fact, the researchers wanted to study the machine to assess what amount of risk thousands of afghans who worked with the united states military during its 20-year occupation may face they said they found sensitive identifying information of u.s servicemen ground news reports 10 convicted in attempted killing of former red sox star david ortiz a dominican court convicted 10 people involved in the 2019 attempted killing of baseball hall of famer david ortiz authorities confirmed on tuesday Ortiz, a Dominican native, was ambushed by a man who got off a motorcycle and shot him in the back at close range while the former Red Sox slugger was at a bar with friends in a well off neighborhood of Santo Domingo. I'm glad he didn't die. Uh, I remember when the Boston Red Sox won the pennant again for the first time in over 80 years. David Ortiz was a big part of that. Just the News reports Paul Pelosi attack suspect David DePape pleads not guilty to all state charges. David Depape, the suspect in the attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, waived his right to a speedy trial and pleaded not guilty to state charges Wednesday. Depape, 42, allegedly broke into Pelosi's San Francisco home in October and brutally attacked Paul Pelosi with a hammer. He had already pleaded not guilty last month to state charges, which included attempted murder, assault with a deadly weapon, burglary and threats to a public
3: official. And those are your headline news. The saints of the day are Saints Trophimus of Arles and Saint Abrolf. Saint Abrolf was of noble birth, born at Beau. He was a courtier at the Mergovian court of Childebert, serving as a cupbearer to the king and as an administrator of the royal palace. He lived a devout life and wished to become a monk. It was some time before he was given leave to go from court, and both he and his wife took monastic vows. He entered the abbey of Dogemont before deciding to become a hermit at Zimes. But there, crowds came to visit and asked for his advice, so he and three companions settled in the densely wooded Pays de Ouche in Normandy. The secluded site spared it is it the raids of Northmen. He converted a robber to Christianity, and when the robber visited the rough settlement that he had built near a spring of water, which consisted of a hedge, enclosure, and water with daub huts, repenting of his own sins, the robber brought a gift consisting of three loaves baked in ashes and a honeycomb, and asked to be admitted as a monk. This settlement became the Abbey of St. Avrol. He founded <laughs> other monastic houses, 15 in total, all of which placed emphasis on manual labor, both as a spiritual and economic exercise. Members of the nobility came to him, offering him money, land, houses to build monasteries. He founded, after 560, several monasteries in the Diocese of Seize. One of them became the important abbey of Saint-Martin-de-Seize. He died in 596. Saint Trophimus of Arles, it was an early tradition of the Catholic Church that under the co emperors Daetius and Hermaninus Etrusius in ten fifty one, Pope Fabian sent out seven bishops from Rome to Gaul to preach the gospel. Gregory of Tours, quoting from the Acta of St. Sartinius, says in the effect that Trophimus arrived in Gaul with the first bishops of Tours and Paris and other cities after the middle of the 3rd century in the consulate of Dacius and Gratus. From the mid-5th century, local traditions had assimilated Trophimus of Arles with the Trophimus mentioned in Acts of the Apostles as a companion of Paul the Apostle. The Martyrium Romanum identifies him as a disciple of Paul. But the church at Arles dedicated to him, built from the 12th century onwards, is over a 3rd century crypt. So these were most likely two different people. Trophimus is considered by the Catholic Church the protector of those with gout. You hear that, Joe? Protectors of those with gout. Pray for me. Saints Trophimus of Arles and Saint Eberulf pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you,
0: Adrian, for uh, bringing the saints of the day, especially uh, saints of gout. I like that. Uh, the gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 35. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was a righteous and devout man awaiting the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now let your servant go in peace, your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Ignatius Catholic Commentary said today, several church fathers hold that Mary had no legal impurity to atone for. She nevertheless conformed herself to the Mosaic law to avoid scandalizing others. Her submission was similar to that of Jesus, who was sinless, yet received John's baptism of repentance. Hadoch's commentary would go on to say, St. Lawrence, St. Justin, and others in his sermon on the purification, very well observes grace raised the virgin above the law. Humility subjected her to it. Jesus Christ, in subjecting himself to the law of Moses, has left an example to princes and to magistrates to obey their own laws. For then they may expect them to be observed by others when themselves show respect to them. Golly gee whiz, if only those in charge, those in leadership would follow the law. That'd be an amazing example to follow for sure. The Venerable Bede would say many others understand this of the sharp sorrow which wounded the soul of the Blessed Virgin Mary at the time of Christ's passion. In other words, have the image of Our Lady at the foot of the cross. And how she said nothing, she consented to the death of her son so that souls may be saved because she did in fact know. Father McEvely says, She suffered in her soul the most intense grief, which may be measured by her intense love for her suffering son, by the dignity of his person, by the atrocity and duration of his torments, by his utter dereliction. In truth, at all periods of the Christian dispensation, our Lord's presence in this world as a sign rejected by many would be the test for disclosing men's inmost thoughts, for showing... On the one hand, who were his humble followers that were to be numbered among his elect? And on the other, who the obstinate unbelievers were that perversely rejected him? The real question is, do you stand with Our Lady at the foot of that cross? Or do you run the other way and reject him as so many have? Hey, we'll be right back. Dr. Paul Ken coming up next.
4: Hope. The Catholic Encyclopedia has much to say about hope. Going online to newadvent.org, we see hope explained as the desire and expectation of future good. Each of us prays and looks to the situations and events of our lives with a desire and expectation that something good awaits us. We pray for the ultimate good, a close and intimate relationship with God. During Advent, we also look to the prophecy candle of hope. The prophet Isaiah foretold of the coming of Jesus. As Christians, we must stay firm in our expectation of goodness, for our salvation lies in seeing goodness in people and focusing on our relationship with God. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is now. Like a guiding star in the night, hope is born as we turn our desires and expectations to God. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisande.
5: I turned from a recreational drug user to a drug addict. That took me to my knees. I lost a family, almost two families. I lost friends. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. I love it. My heart's there. I took communion after 18 years, and the rest of the Mass sat and cried. God restored my life. God restored my family. God restored my love.
2: If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today.
0: jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host joe mccline so good to be on with you praise be to god coming up at 35 past the hour we're going to be talking about the king's speech his majesty king charles gave a speech for christmas uh how do we interpret that it seems to be indifferentism is the order of the day for the king and for the uk dr gavin ashington is supposed to join us and we're going to have that conversation do join us if you can On the program once again is Dr. Paul Kengor, poli-sci professor at Grove City College, uh, co-author of The Devil and Bella Dodd, One Woman's Struggle Against Communism and Her Redemption, published over at Tan Books, by the way. We had some really good conversation on that this year. And I got to say, Merry Christmas and good morning to you, Dr. Kengor. You are on my top ten, at least top ten, I would say top five guests for 2022 of the show. I, I just always enjoy the conversation. So thank you for your time today.
6: Well, well, thank you very much. Right now, I'm coming to you live from the Ken Gore family basement, so I don't <laughs> so I don't wake up any of the kids or the or the guests here on on, on Christmas week. So excuse the. Uh, the decor in the background. <laughs> I, li-
0: I like the dartboard. It's a nice touch. You,
6: you <laughs> had the dartboard or the water tanks or the broken basketball hoop on the wall. Praise be to so God. We went- I went with the kids' uh, artwork.
0: Uh, well, I love it. Thank you again for your time today. Uh, let's <laughs> no. t- I want to talk about uh, communist subversion for of Christmas. Um, you know, the eras of Russia will spread. That was what we were told by our lady in 1917. And I think by all accounts, that has come true. Uh, Christmas, I think, is one of the telltale signs. And I would love to get your opinion of someone who has followed communism so very closely over the course of your career. I mean, if I go outside my office here into the hall, I will hear Christmas music being blared. And, yeah, every once in a while we'll get something like a silent night. That's true. But we often get, uh, you know, uh, we are expecting a white Christmas. We get sort of banal, nondescript Wintery Wonderland type of uh, of music. We get Santa Claus. We get holiday. We get not Christmas. We get people who aren't even Christians celebrating the season. It seems strange to me how we have, as a Christian people, embraced what I would say and argue as a communist subversion of Christmas. What say you, Doctor Paul Kingore?
6: Well, it's it's definitely a subversion of some type. I, I just did a piece for the American Spectator where I'm the editor. And it's called Christmas in a Better America. And, and I contrasted there, Joe, Pride Month in, yeah. in June with what happens every December. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, we now you have all of corporate America touting rainbow flags and slogans. I mean, the NFL did this absurd football is gay campaign that they were doing back in June. Even NASCAR has been bullied and blackmailed to the point where NASCAR has a has a gay pride rainbow logo. Um, somebody emailed me last November and and sent me an email from the HR person at his company who pointed out that, quote, in November we recognize Intersex Day of Remembrance, November what? 8th. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Transgender
6: <a> <laughs> Awareness Week, November 13th through 19th and trans Transgender Day of Remembrance, November 20th. And the guy who emailed me said, I didn't know we recognized any of that. I didn't know <laughs> any of that was going on in November. And he said, you know, now that I think of it, December is coming up and that's the month of Christmas and Advent. And he said, I don't remember the company ever sending out anything about that. And in fact, around here, you can't even say Merry Christmas to anybody. And, and and yeah, so so that's exactly what's going on. You have this culture that all of the month of June drools over each other about about Gay Pride Month, and if you don't recognize it, you get canceled and harassed and everything else on Twitter or wherever. And in at Christmas time, and December twenty fifth is, is is Christmas Day. I mean, it is about Christmas is about Jesus. It's about Christ. Christmas means Christ. Yeah, that's what we're celebrating in the month of Christmas. And you can't even say that. We have in my native city of Pittsburgh, the famous Horns Department Store tree, which used to be called the Horns tree. They call it the Unity tree, Joe, the Unity tree. And yeah, they started that, I think, almost 20 years ago. Uh, you, know, you give them maybe a couple more Christmases, they'll probably start calling it the Rainbow tree. Be, 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 before it's all over, Yikes. so so yeah, this is a cultural revolution and subversion of some type. I don't know that I could blame it on communism, but but it's definitely on some uh, you know secular left wing forces, for lack of a better description.
0: You know, I I was thinking back about our conversation about Karl Marx in particular in your book on on him and uh, how much he lo- In fact, I mean his plays, his writings. This guy seemed to be an avowed uh, Satanist, really. Uh, it seems like it was a deep part of his identity, deep part of his philosophy, was to subvert Christian culture in every means. So, would it at all surprise us to see that this was uh, an active component of the communist agenda?
6: Well, so I mean, Marx was a was a devout atheist. He wrote really chilling poetry about the devil. I mean, some of it is 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 is, is truly chilling. He said about um, Judaism, and he was actually ethnically Jewish, came from a Jewish family that had converted to Christianity at one point. Marx was even a Christian at one point when he was younger and then left the faith in college. A big surprise. One, one among yet another who, who left the faith in college. He said, the Israelite faith is repulsive to me. And he said of the Christian faith, he said the Christian faith preaches cowardice, self, um, self-sacrifice. self I have nothing but contempt for the Christian faith. So, so yeah, he had... He was battling against religion. He was battling against what he called moral absolutes. The Communist Manifesto, the abolition of the family, they wrote, exclamation mark, mark, even the most radical flare-up of this infamous proposal of the communists. So, yeah, a lot of this subversion of religion, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of it goes back to communists. They were probably attacking it more aggressively and more openly than really anybody else in the entire Western world. From about the time of the Communist Manifesto, 1848, through the, the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917. So so the, they definitely inflicted a lot of damage. And in, a, in, in America, a lot of the kind of general, radical, secular leftist forces were just a few decades behind them.
0: I, I love uh, movies in particular. And uh, so we talked several times before December the 25th about uh, the greatest Christmas films of all time. And I looked up several lists. You know, films like uh, It's a Wonderful Life are on there, Miracle on 34th yeah. Street, uh, The Shop Around the Corner. And I, I, I believe The Shop Around the Corner and It's a Wonderful Life are really meant to go together. You have uh, Jim, you. Jimmy Stewart go, you know, before the war and then Jimmy Stewart after the war. And there's so many themes there. And yet, when you I, we watch The Shop Around the Corner, and when you watch it, it's a good film. It's got a terrible ending, but nonetheless, it's a good film. But the elements of Christmas are not only minute. They're not at all related to the birth of, like, there's no real mention or emphasis on the birth of Christ. And I bring this up to say, we're talking 1930s, 1940s culture was already sort of watering everything down and not really focusing on uh, what the reason for the season is. It seems like this has been a pot that's boiling for some time.
6: Yeah, in fact, as much as I look back nostalgically, and when I was a kid in the 1970s, right where where and, and I, I mentioned this in my American Spectator piece, Christmas in a Better America. I mean, from about November, from about Thanksgiving through De- uh, December 25th and probably the rest of the month of December, you would have Christmas specials on every single channel every night. There was Bing Crosby's Christmas, there was Bob Hope's Christmas uh yeah, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, the Carpenters, the Brady Bunch, uh, you know, they, I mean everybody, everybody did these shows. And 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 most of them, I mean you know, most of them did have Silent Night and and they uh, they were already getting a kind of secular white christmas and 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 other songs like that. But also Joe, if you look back at some of the shows we watch, is claymation the right term? Yeah. Rudolph the <laughs> Red-Nosed Reindeer um, the Santa Claus is coming to town. That was done by, I think, narrated by Fred Astaire. Yeah. What was the other one? Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, which the, was done the, by. What uh, about I the think Yeti Jimmy monster? Durante
0: yeah, the Yeti. Mon- that. You remember the Yeti monster? Yeah.
6: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. that's Exactly. And, and yeah, and those were already very secular and not Christian at all. But but still, I would add, even then, they didn't hesitate to say Merry Christmas in
3: those shows.
6: So so you know, we, we've really gone. Far from even
0: that
3: with where we are now in the 2020s. You know, Dr. Ken Gore, the one thing that I found interesting was, you know, MSN was reporting about and they were kind of reporting this almost as a, as, as a good thing, which is surprising to me. They talk about how the uh, people saying Merry Christmas, nobody really cares anymore. Only just above 30 percent say that they prefer Merry Christmas over, uh, and the vast majority say they don't they don't care or they prefer Happy Holidays or Season's Greetings. And people like to say, oh, well, there is no war on Christmas. But this whole idea of pushing Hanukkah, which Hanukkah is a not one of the major holidays for the Jewish people. It's a very minor holiday, which is fairly recently been celebrated uh, and which honestly really should be a Catholic holiday. And if you ask me because of the Maccabees and that's a Catholic scripture, but then also the creation of Kwanzaa, which is a completely fictional holiday trying to push these happy holiday seasons, greetings as if there's these others equivalent holidays going on at the same time as Christmas. Uh, what do you think about this? Uh, the, what people call a fake war on Christmas and Dr. Kingor Yeah,
6: well, it was interesting, Adrian, that that they would uh, they would push something like Kwanzaa while trying to silence something like Christmas, right? Um, a, a good a good friend of mine who you guys know probably is Michael Medved, and Michael Medved is Jewish, and he always makes an you know, explicit point of saying to me, "Merry Christmas," and I'll cool. say to him. Thank you. Happy Hanukkah, right? So, so you know, we 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 say these things to to one another. But I, but I would point out, and Michael points out too. He, he said, "Look, it's it's Christmas season, and if and if and if you're a Christian person, and and it's Christmas season for you," he said, "I want to say Merry Christmas to you." He said, "I'm not offended to do that. I have no problem doing that." And 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 likewise with me, if he's a Jewish person, and it's and it's the time of Hanukkah. So, so it, it's something that we shouldn't be afraid to say. Um, MSN, I'm not surprised over there that that's probably the belief that they, that they came up with, or at least that they, they convinced themselves of. But, um, and I, and I suppose happy holidays does work if you're encompass, encompassing their Thanksgiving, right? Um, Christmas and New Year's. But, but, it, but to me, I, I'm offended that, that, that people would not want to honor allow me to honor my christmas holiday or allow me to say to another christian or somebody else happy christmas at christmas time i think we should be offended at what they're doing to our holiday it's it's christmas it's about the birth of christ
3: yeah especially since uh, the the title of the article it was actually from the atlantic posted on msn the title was the war on christmas is winning and i was <laughs> yeah, like oh, right, wow. like right. they consider winning uh the destruction of christmas <laughs> And so I just, like, that. how much more explicit can they be? Yeah, yeah, victory, right? Yeah, we've done it, right? The war on Christmas, we've done it. And all these
6: years, too, they kind of make fun of people who think that there is a war on Christmas. I, I saw Saturday Night Live skit a few years ago where they were making fun of the people on Fox News for um, complaining about about uh, the war on Christmas trees, mocking it, like, oh, yeah, look at these people. I <laughs> think there's a war on Christmas trees. Oh, they think there's a war on Christmas. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and there is a war on Christmas. Of course there is. And then yes. and then something like that comes out, a headline like that. Yeah, there is a war on Christmas. And guess what? We're winning, right? The war on Christmas is winning. Yeah, no kidding. We, we've noticed that for 20, 30, 40 years now.
0: Amen. Dr. Paul Kengor. God bless you. God love you. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for your time today. Merry Christmas, Joe. Thanks. Praise be to Jesus. (laughs) Hey, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We have more breaking news and stories. Plus, we're going to talk about that war on Christmas in the UK with Dr. Gavin Ashton. It's coming up next.
1: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Since we are all children, we all associate Christmas with Christmas presents. G.K. Chesterton says that everything looks better When it's a gift A gift is something we don't deserve If we deserved it, it would not be a gift And that's why the only possible response to a gift Is gratitude And that is why we hear in the Mass As we will hear at Christ's Mass We do well always and everywhere To give you thanks Everything we have is a gift And that is why Chesterton says Thanks is the highest form of thought That's why the word Eucharist means Thanksgiving. The best kind of giving, says Chesterton, is Thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org.
7: Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
8: Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact.
7: That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Adrian Fonseca here, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Thursday, December 29th, and on the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five Golden rings, and now more headlines. Libs of TikTok says Tucker Carlson interviewed Libs of TikTok creator Chaya Rychek. The left calls me hateful, harmful, and dangerous when all I do is hold up a mirror to them and show them that they themselves are saying what they themselves are saying. Do you know what's actually hateful and dangerous? Confusing kids about their identity, stealing childhood innocence, chopping off the breasts of healthy teenagers, mutilating and sterilizing kids, exposing kids to sexual content, and feeding kids porn in schools. What the left is doing is actually hateful and harmful, and I will never stop calling it out and exposing it. Well, the left is always calling for my tolerance. Well, I always say, if you don't have high tolerance, just avoid drinking. Florida's Voice News reports, fact check, explicit Christmas drag show welcomed all ages, prompting Florida investigation. The Miami show displayed drag queens and other dancing sensually. For example, one performance included, quote, screwed off the red nippled reindeer, end quote, with breasts that light up red. The Fort Lauderdale show was originally promoted as an all-ages show that, quote, may contain adult content, end quote. However, uh, days prior to the event, it was changed to say, limited to patrons 18 years of age or over, unless accompanied by a parent. DeSantis administration warns venue of tonight's, or last night's rather, Orlando's drag show that their license can be suspended if children are exposed to the sexual performances. Look. I'm not saying these guys are groomers. I am not saying that these guys are perverts. And I am certainly not saying that these guys are pedophiles. CNN reports January 6th committee drops Trump's subpoena as it winds down. The House January 6th committee is withdrawing its subpoena of former President Donald Trump as it concludes its work. Trump responded by saying, quote, They probably did so because they knew I did nothing wrong or they were about to lose in court, end quote. But wait, I thought the walls were closing in. It was over for Trump. I'm sure they'll get him next time. Uh, Daily Wire reports left-wing groups funded climate alarmism journalism claims debunked report. 5 nonprofit groups published a report Wednesday debunking mainstream media claims about the disastrous impact of the so-called climate change crisis this year, which also included receiving millions of dollars to fund climate coverage. Several media outlets like the Associated Press, which took $8 million in donations from left-wing philanthropy groups to cover climate change. Other major media corporations such as the Washington Post, the New York Times, and the Wall Street Journal, were also fact-checked by the nonprofit organizations over climate alarmist claims. Quote: But are dangers are but are damages from those disasters really attributable to climate change? Or a climate activist in their media mouthpieces just trying to surf human tragedy to advance their very political cause, end quote, the report reads. And this is why I just run my car constantly. Just I just leave it on 24 seven. I'm just kidding. Gas prices are too high for that. <laughs> Epic Times reports Greg Abbott orders probe of Atmos energy over failure to prepare for winter weather event. Many customers of Atmos Energy in north and central Texas went without natural gas for an unacceptable time because failures of Atmos to provide adequate residential and commercial gas services, Abbott wrote. Abbott said that Atmos had opportunities to request assistance from the state, but did not. The weather saw more than 65,000 Texas customers go without power on December 23rd. They also saw Texas oil refineries reduce gasoline and diesel production due to equipment failures and heating and power prices rose as a result of the outages. Oil and gas output from the North Dakota to Texas was frozen to reducing supplies nationwide. Over 50 deaths have been reported. Let's pray for those souls that they all have repented and made a good confession before their death. And those were headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, One of my favorite films, I would say, top top ten,
0: maybe? I don't know. I have have to come up with my top ten list of greatest films of all time. But The King's Speech is definitely on my list. Uh, The Darkest Hour, uh, you know, but uh, Churchill is also incredibly good. In fact, I see those two as, like, one is a sequel to the other kind of a thing. But The King's Speech, great film. You ought to see it if you've not seen it. I've seen it with my family several times. It's very, very good. We, I think we can watch it on filters, too, which makes it even better. But it's a very good film. And uh, it's interesting to see the effect of a monarch upon his people and culture and society. And uh, just a few days ago, His Majesty King Charles gave a, talk, gave a speech over Christmas. And uh, Dr. Gavin Agenden, um gave a commentary on that at the Catholic Herald. The headline said, the Christmas speech that defines the king as defender of faiths. Adrian's lining up a clip right now of uh, King Charles giving this speech. And I want to play for you just a little bit. Adrian, are are you ready for that or no? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and run this. This is King Charles in his Christmas speech, at least a portion.
9: Years ago, I was able to fulfill a lifelong wish to visit Bethlehem and the Church of the Nativity. There I went down into the chapel of the manger and stood in silent reverence by the silver star that is inlaid on the floor and marks the place of our Lord Jesus Christ's birth. It meant more to me than I can possibly express to stand on that spot where, as the Bible tells us, the light that has come into the world was born. While Christmas is, of course, a Christian celebration, the power of light overcoming darkness is celebrated across the boundaries of faith and belief. So whatever faith you have, or whether you have none, it is in this life-giving light and with the true humility that lies in our service to others that I believe we can find hope for the future.
0: Let that sink in for a second. It seems on the surface, I mean, he's talking about his experience in Bethlehem and how that that profoundly affected him. And yet it seems indifferent all at the same time. Here's what Dr. Ashenden had to say in his article. He says, has King Charles sowed the seeds of destruction of the house, or rather, yeah, has King Charles sowed the seeds of the destruction of the house of Windsor? Dramatically, this year, the King's speech refers not just to a film about the recent history of the monarchy. It is the monarch's Christmas address. It is the articulation of our new present a different King and a different speech, not about an abdication, but about a new reign delivered at Christmas. This was a speech that was set out to map the future. Its intention was not only to celebrate the beginning of a new reign in an address to the nation, but to change the role of the monarchy to preserve the house of Windsor's future. But did it? Unlike the earlier film, The King's Speech, the present king had no difficulty in talking to the nation. King George VI's grandson spoke confidently and kindly. Coming out from behind the long shadow of his mother, he made the monarch's Christmas talk very much his own from the first moment. He didn't sit in a chair behind a desk in the pla- in the palace as she did. He stood confidently and spoke personally and personally to the camera and to the nation in St. George's Chapel at Windsor. A lot of time and attention will have gone into the construction of his first Christmas offering, and it showed It was fluent and seamless with deft skill and emotional intelligence. King Charles ticked every single box that appeared to matter. After paying tribute to his mother, he compassionately emphasized or empathized with all of his other subjects suffering from bereavement during this seasonal celebration. He then laid claim to his mother's mantle. She believed in God and people and so do I. And then, speaking on behalf of compassionate humanity everywhere, he paid tribute to all those who help their suffering neighbors. This will have pleased his many humanist and agnostic subjects, who treasure the nice and the kind. He made much of thanking people, and during the speech, different examples of neighborliness followed one after the other. He certainly believed in people. And then, he turned, as expected, to God, or rather... To God's. For in his narrative, the churches, mosques, synagogues, and guardwars, I don't even know what that is, guardwars, were also agencies of the extension of human compassion, and he complimented them all on their work for the suffering. Then came the moment when he turned to his own belief in God, he talked in hushed and reverential tones of his visit to Bethlehem and his pilgrimage to the place of the manger where a star has been placed on the floor. He paid tribute to Jesus. The light that has come into the world was born. His expansion of his belief in God was a good deal briefer than his long celebra- longer celebration of the human spirit. But the real, the really interesting question was how his pilgrimage to Bethlehem and his encounter with Jesus of the nativity was going to develop. Which direction would he take? Was it going to be light or light? Would he take his, uh, take this moment as defender of the faith to speak about the uniqueness of Jesus, the salvation of souls, the forgiveness of sins, the coming of God in the flesh, the Lamb of God, the Son, the Word? The transformer of souls and minds? Would he speak as an insider or an outsider? Hmm. We're going to have more on this coming up after the break. The defender of the faith. That's how King Henry VIII saw himself. That's how his daughter Elizabeth saw themselves. Defending against Catholicism, Popishry, that kind of thing. But it seems that... It's gone way, way beyond that. More coming up right after the break. Catholic drive time will be right back. Don't go anywhere. Hey, Donnie,
5: when we
1: see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and
2: Him crucified? Saint Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on.
0: Be the Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So going to be on with you. Merry Christmas. Catholic Freedom Fighter Brent Haynes is going to be our guest at the top of the next hour. Do join us if you are at all able to. We're going to recap the year a little bit, but we're also going to talk about what to expect in the changing leadership in the United States Congress coming up at the new year. So join us for that if you can. But we're talking about this article out of the Catholic Herald by Dr. Gavin Agington former Anglican bishop, now Catholic, and his commentary on the king's speech, which in the last segment I played a portion for you. And the article goes on to say, would he speak, the king that is, as an insider or an outsider? He slipped sideways into the world of comparative religion. The power of light overcoming darkness is celebrated across different beliefs, he said, as an outsider. And now we understand why he had preferred his journey to Jerusalem with references to synagogues, mosques, guardwars, and churches, because Charles has become, as he promised he would, defender of faiths, with plural, a celebrant of light in general, not the light in particular, not the light from which St. John tells us all life as well as light in general flows. Some people will welcome this as cultural realpolitik. Others will wonder if the monarchy can dial down its own uh, reals, r- raison d'etre. I'm I obliterated that pretty good. Without denying the undermining of its own purpose and integrity. Many will welcome this change from insider to outsider as perfectly proper reflection of the powerful forces of social, cultural, and religious change that have swept through and over our society during King Charles' lifetime. It is a truism that the Wenzers adapt with speed, skill, and if necessary, a certain ruthlessness. They are the European monarchical survivors par excellence. But there are some good reasons why wondering if this short-term strategy will have The intended effect. Although the oaths that the monarch has been required to swear at the coronation have adapted since the abandonment of the Catholic faith, they were reworded to reflect the political reality and constitutional balance of the moment. The Wenzers have fallen behind now. If Charles is really going to shift from being a Christian Protestant monarch, saving the schismatic Protestant establishment from the dangers of the Catholicism, spiritual and political, into a 21st century religious relativism, this is no small thing. It is not even a change of gear or a shift of identity within a faith. It is the abandonment of that faith. Perennialism is not Christianity multi-faith observance is not Christianity. The shibboleths of multiculturalism are not Christianity. But monarchy is a Christian concept. Don't, don't say anything, Adrian. Just, just mm-hmm. go with it. The integrity of monarchy mm-hmm. is Christian integrity. In the profound and ornate uh, semiotics of the coronation service, Charles's inhabiting of the office of king will be accomplished by Christian liturgy, Christian symbolism, Christian oaths, Christian anointing, and Christian prayer. Let us leave aside for a moment the hallowing out of the center of an institution where belief is only uh, presentational and does not per- per- permeate rather into the heart of what it is. Leave aside also the lack of integrity of making solemn oaths of one kind while believing something else altogether. Jesus had a warning to offer about underestimating the reliability and integrity of one's foundations and turned simply to the dynamics of modern relativistic multiculturalism. The monarchy is already much more fragile than it looks. In fact, its fragility may be inversely proportional to the successful choreo- choreography of pageant that is sublimly, sublimely capable of a dramatic public occasions. Golly gee whiz. Learning to read. I should put that on my New Year's uh, list of things uh, to accomplish.
3: i yeah. down right here. Yeah,
0: I appreciate that. It is deeply out of step with the progressive culture that is captured and in, in uh, fantasized but popular imagination. There is no less inclusive, diverse, or equal an institution the world over. True, it is trying to hide this philosophical dissonance behind an energetic and very public adoption of causes beloved by the media-fed junkie public. It broadcasts its green and ecological passions with devotion and regularity. But with this, but will this be enough to save an institution that has become so at odds with its own roots, identity, and integrity? Uh, You know, this is the kicker of this whole article. The king is supposed to be the defender of the faith. That was the whole premise, you know, the whole, one of their reasonings, their rationalities. You know, coming up with excuses to split from the one holy ap- Catholic and apostolic church. The one church Christ founded. He did not found many faiths. He did not leave us a Bible and say, good luck and God bless. It's between you, the Holy Spirit, and the Bible. That is not a real thing. There is no such thing as sola fide and sola scriptura. These things aren't biblical. They aren't traditional. They aren't based in fact and reality. It is the ecclesia, the body of Christ It comes down through all the ages and it was elevated when Christ came, took upon flesh and dwelt among men. The Ecclesia of the Old Testament becomes the Catholic faith in the new and the apostles went out and not only sacrificed their very lives, but they handed on that faith to worthy men whom they laid hands on and made bishops and they instituted Uh, by laying hands upon other men and made the presbyterate. This is the Catholic faith. It is handed down. It has become very complex. Why? Because of the sinful men that we have had to depend upon to pass down that faith. Men who are deeply troubled, men who are deeply sinful themselves, who also need the grace and the sacraments, probably more than you and me do, actually. Because there's more pressure, there's more at stake in their vocation than yours or mine. And yet, we are not to be Judases. We are not to even be Peter and, and to run, but we are to be like Our Lady, as the Gospel told us today, to stand at the foot of that cross and to willingly suffer the indignity, the crimes that were committed against the one Savior, Jesus Christ. And yet, this is the, this is the excuses they gave themselves under Henry VIII to say, oh, well, he is the defender of the faith. He was given that award by the Pope himself, for crying out loud. And there's abuses, so we are going to uh, be, make the king the head of the church in England. And every bishop, but how many, I'm sorry, one more time. How how many bishops stood up against, I mean, there's Fisher, right? So, hmm, beyond that, can you name any bishops that stood up against this travesty? No, they all went hook, line, and sinker to it. And now we're seeing the fruit of that traitorness, the, the fruit of that revolution, the fruit of that betrayal. We're seeing this because they've gone from from Protestantism, just being in protest against the Catholic Church, to agnosticism and atheism.
3: Yeah, I highly recommend, I did a, a podcast recently with my buddy Timothy Craig on the topic of Catholic England, and we had Joseph Pierce, we talked about his book in that context. And, you know, the interesting thing about this whole situation is that the king is referring to himself as the defender of the faiths. Right. But, you know, this doesn't really require a very in-depth conversation because all that's required is you look at what our Lord said. You cannot serve two masters, and you certainly cannot serve every master. And so he, by calling yourself the defender of the faiths, mm-hmm. you're saying that you're defending Islam, paganism, atheism, catholicism, anglicanism, all protestantism, you're defending judaism, all these faiths, you're serving 10, 15, 20 masters? How is yeah. that possible? You can't. It's impossible. You either love one or hate the and, other, it, and it, yeah. when you have this many, you're going to end up either hating them all and or, loving just one. But and that one is the be other, what?
0: The other reality to the that government. is Islam is not going to tolerate that.
3: No, oh, of course not. Islam's not, is not going to let you have uh many masters. They feel they're the only master. Well, I mean, that's the right attitude. Every, every religion should have that view. But here's the I, thing, though. You, you as can only king, have one
0: master. As king, uh, he certainly doesn't have to, uh, you know, of- offend anybody else who's not Christian. But does that mean he stops being a Christian simply because there are non-Christians in the room? Does that mean he, he acquiesces? And pretends and waters down the reality of How, of however, his supposed Christian faith simply because he has subjects who aren't. I mean, golly, you is you should not stop being who you are simply because someone else in the room doesn't like it. So that
3: being said, though, he's still he's still better than Joe Biden's Christmas speech. Joe Biden's Christmas speech didn't even mention our Lord, his name didn't mention yeah. the name of Jesus, did not mention Christ. He it's, he vaguely talked about celebrating the birth of some person that there was a star in the sky when he was born, but refused to mention his name. Like, well, that, that was very odd to me that he would do that. He'd go out of his way to make a reference to our Lord, but he refused to say the holy name of Jesus. That very disturbing. So I actually, you know, looking at the King's speech in context of the rest of the world, I was actually very impressed, to be honest, and in comparison to... What we know about him ahead of time, about his past and things like that, I was honestly quite surprised of how Christian it sounded though i I think that was an interesting point because we could i mean and we talked for like twenty minutes now about the bad parts of it, but the fact that he's saying such good things about our Lord and that he visited the nativity and clearly has some kind of um some kind of Christian faith at least to a some degree. It was kind of nice to, to actually hear him say the holy sure. name of Jesus.
0: Yeah, it is nice. I do agree. And I do also agree that Joe Biden did a much worse job, uh, and shame on him for it. But uh, at the same time, there was a woman arrested just the other day for silently praying outside of an abortion clinic. She didn't bother anybody. She stood there silently praying. She was arrested. There, you know. So there are injustices in his realm that he seems to be tolerating. So it's one thing to say— things it's another to let those things that you say that you claim to believe impact everything you believe and and have uh, have the ability to impact others with so if you're the king and yeah of course laws regulate your amount of power et etc cetera, etc cetera, but golly gewiz, i wonder what would happen if the king should say no we're, we need to release her the would Are they willing to die on that hill? Are they going to go, no, there's no way we're releasing her. She broke the law. So if this Christian king truly loved his subjects, would he sit by and tolerate uh, the clearly uh, abusive relationship of an agnostic and atheistic uh, culture that has been grown since the Protestant Revolution in the UK Uh, in this injustice? No. What does it mean to be a Christian if it doesn't transform everything you do and believe and, and, and act and... I mean, we must we must do as we believe. Our Lady demonstrated this by standing at the foot of her son of her son's cross and watched him suffer and die for you and for me. Let us follow that example today. Not like Joe Biden or his majesty King Charles. Nonetheless, hey that's gonna do it for this hour. Can you join us in the top of the hour? Brent Haynes is gonna be on. We'll have the game show, prizes, and good conversation. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. God bless you, and God love you.
10: Planning on shopping online this year for Christmas? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you do your Christmas shopping online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to amazonsmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give some extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network during the holiday season.
7: I had a personal experience that was life-changing for me. My husband of 21 years decided to leave um, our family, me and my girls, and Um, In the midst of the absolute horrible heartache, I happened to be flipping through the radio one day on the AM channel because I didn't feel like listening to music, and I happened to find Catholic radio, and ever since then, I have been tuned in religiously. And I feel like I have a really, really
2: strong hold to the Catholic faith. The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to thank those listeners who have supported Catholic Radio financially over the years so that we could be there when Terry needed us. If you would like to support your Catholic Radio station, please visit grnonline.com and you can click on the Donate Now button. Again, we sincerely thank you for helping us to be there for Terry and everyone else that needs God's love.
4: Hi, I'm Jerry Trezak.
7: And I'm Jean Trezak, and we're with Marriage Encounter here in Houston.
4: Thank you for listening to Catholic Radio and KSHJ, 1430 AM, on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
0: Right now, we're on Twitter. My mind is blown. I just happened to, I was checking just to see if there's any breaking news or stories coming, especially when it regards to uh, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. And his health, of course, we're praying for him. Uh, but we do expect to uh, see the news where, of his passing at some point. Uh, we're praying that he makes a good and holy death. And I happened across this video where these officials stopped a truck that was filled with watermelons. And they cut open the watermelon and pull it, pull it apart. And there's a package of drugs inside. And the whole truck is filled with drug filled watermelons <laughs> and my mind is just like blown how how does this what how do they how is this possible like good grief they'll think of they'll think of everything in order to try to get uh, drugs into into our country and to destroy lives anyway uh praise be to god you know i was thinking
3: uh we should do a top 10 adrian top 10 of best ways to smoke with drugs that well, seems like a bad idea. Top ten, uh, I think this would be
0: apropos for the end of the year. Okay, because uh, this is our last show. Predictions for the next year?
3: No. Oh, I was gonna say. My t- prediction is the canonization of Benedict the Sixteenth.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. The canonization? Mm-hmm. Like he's not even he's not even passed. It's kind of inappropriate. Well,
3: we should get the process started. I see. I, I'm just, I see. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, he has, um, to, he has to beat JP two. JP two got it was canonized nine years after his death. So.
0: Uh, he's not going to be JP, two. It
3: ain't going to happen. We'll see. We'll
0: no. See. It ain't going to happen. I'm telling you. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to – it'll be more than nine years. Now, I was going to say top ten uh, best g- – uh, the top ten best guests who have stood us up. Oh, interesting. Uh, the top ten, like, greatest guests who never showed – One when, through four would be they, Eduardo verastigi uh, One through four? Yes. You'd give him four spots, yeah, on, the four top spots 10. on the top ten. Yeah, he'd four spots on the top ten. Um, wow, that's awfully generous. I that know. He, in his defense, he actually never committed to being on the show. Uh, well, that's true. So. Sorry, it's the 10 best Dodges? 10, 10 best. No, they, like, they, they would have had, the qualifications are they have to have said they're coming and then never showed.
3: Mm, interesting.
0: So, uh, I, I don't know. I, it might be fun, fun thing to do. Top 10. I wonder who would put on that list. Um, mm. I don't know. There's I don't know been if some I wanna, doozies. I don't know
3: if I want to put anybody on blast. There's,
0: there's, there's been some doozies. I'm just saying. Anyway, coming up at, uh, praise be to God, coming up at uh, 15 past the hour, we're going to play our game show, Fear and Trembling. For those of you still hanging out with us this week, I, a lot of people are on vacation, and uh, praise God for that, too. But we are tomorrow's the last show, so maybe I'll put the list together for tomorrow. But we're going to play the game show at 15 past. We're going to give you the phone number. You have to be ready to call that at the appropriate time. And you get your chance to win. You get your chance to play. You get your chance to learn and laugh. And it's always a good time. That's coming up. So uh, be ready and on standby for that. Tomorrow is the last show before the end of the new year. And in tomorrow's program, Al Smith, who has not uh, sh- uh, stood us up. It's o- true. Always a great guest. It's going to be on. Think, about just ignores my text messages. That's all. Fulton Jean and Christmas, which he did put a book out on Christmas. So.
3: Book out Sheen. three videos, uh, several articles, you know, the typical Sheen thing to do.
0: The typical Sheen thing you know, to do. You
3: I should, know, I should post a picture to our private Telegram group. You're not If you're not in our private Telegram group, y'all should join, because uh, I, I think I'm going to go home today mm-hmm. and post a picture of all my Fulton Sheen books. All of them? I have, like, 30. Really? He has a lot of books. You have 30 Fulton Sheen books? I think so. I think so. I'm going to have to count. I think I might letter. have four or five I have so many, dude. I have so many. Of course, some of them are repeats since Al Smith did the anthologies. So now yeah. they're kind of repeats. Mm-hmm. But it's it's. I have quite a few Fulton Sheen books. Oh, so you're not including Al Smith's books? Not including Al Smith's books. I am. Oh. I might have four or five, or well, maybe six, including Al Smith's books. Oh, yeah. I have so many. Like I have his, his book, Explanation of the Mass, and his book on a, a walk through the Holy Land, and things like that. They, these obscure books. Uh, for those who didn't know, whenever yeah. I was with the Dominican Friars, my name was actually Brother Fulton. Brother Fulton. Brother Fulton. So you're saying you have no relation whatsoever. I'm saying that I you really don't no, like Fulton Sheen yeah, at all. Yeah, I really nothing. don't like him. Not a huge fan. You're not a big I didn't, fan. don't read his stuff. Don't watch <laughs> his videos. Not. Somehow.
0: Who's Fulton Sheen? Yeah. Like, why do these books just keep harassing me? Just, they just show up. They just show it's up. It's weird. Yeah. I didn't spend any money on them. <laughs> Fulton Jean, pray for us. Praise be to God. All right, uh, joining us now by telephone is a guy who has not stood us up. He is definitely not making my top ten list of guests who have stood He just up. shows up
3: two minutes before the yeah. show whenever he's oh, live in the studio.
0: He is uh, painfully reliable, some would say. Painfully I don't know. Reliable. Yesterday, not so much. <laughs> right, Brent Haynes? Uh, Catholic Freedom Fighter Brent Haynes joins us. Good morning to you, Brent.
8: Hey, good morning and Merry Christmas. Merry you Christmas. getting all... You all are hitting all the topics uh, this morning. I have to tell you, I went to a drug interdiction training as part of my professional work about 10 years ago down on the, the uh, Texas-Mexico border. And it was basically just three days of studying and, and learning about all of the ingenious ways that uh, drug smugglers move drugs into the United States. Mind-boggling. Uh, it, it's a, it's fascinating and it's astonishing, but when you think about how much money is involved, mm. it, it, it makes perfect sense that they would go to such lengths. They will stop at nothing. And uh, they, some of these methods, uh, the way they hide the drugs, is just ingenious. Um, it's unfortunate for the victims of uh, overdoses and for the lives that are ruined. Um, but that, the watermelon story, that, that doesn't surprise me. But you know, switching to your other topic about the king, uh, I didn't uh, get to watch his speech, unfortunately. Somehow, I missed that, Joe. But uh, this idea of this idea, and as a former Anglican or Episcopalian, you know, I was aware of his previous statements that he intended to be defender of the faith. So, is he going to defend Christianity? Is he going to defend that woman who was arrested for praying silently right. outside the abortion clinic? I brought clinic? that up. Yeah. Yes, you did, and is he going to defend the people in England no. uh, who have been uh, prosecuted for for um, citing uh, scripture verses in public?
0: No. If I had so. to guess, if he was asked that question, uh, he would probably respond, "Well, the king is regulated by by law," or he'd probably make and, some uh, statement about that, and to which we should respond, "But you're the king, and you're supposed to be a Christian. What are they going to do? Or are they going to lock you up in the tower?"
8: Uh, I, <laughs> I'll tell you what else he would probably say, which he w- he would probably start talking about the importance of respecting others, and somehow respecting others yeah. from the point of view of everyone else means Christians compromising everything. Yeah, but That's Joe, we've at. had a lot of good. Vic- we've had a lot of good victories this year. Uh, actually, too many to talk about, much less talk about it in detail. But <laughs> you know, the, the end of the year is a good time to look back. Uh, it's traditional. People do that in a lot of areas of life, and we should uh, probably do that in, pro- in terms of our legal and and uh, other political and social victories this year. And, of course, you know, there's no point in having any kind of countdown or, ge- or guessing, you know, leaving any kind of suspense as well. Um, we had some excellent victories at the Supreme Court, and obviously Dobbs versus Jackson's Jackson Women's Health Organization, was a tremendous victory after... Nearly half a century of pro-life efforts. Roe versus Wade was overturned, and this doesn't win the entire the, the entire war. You know, we, we've won the battle. Uh, we still have to finish the rest of the war. It moved the battlefield from from uh, Washington D.C. to each of the individual fifty states. But pro-lifers, uh, you know, should be encouraged that even though it took about half a century, uh, in the end, you know, on that front, victory was achieved, and they should be inspired by that going forward.
0: Yeah. There is much to be thankful for, to be sure. And um, we have had an interesting year in 2022. But can you predict a little bit? Go to 2023. Do you see any curveballs? I mean, uh, uh, I, I think it was fascinating that Gorsuch ruled on the side of of uh, doing away with Title 42 last week. I found that very interesting. Yeah, it's hard to predict these things. So do you see any curveballs in 2023 that we may have to look forward to?
8: Well, it would, you know, by cur- curveballs. I'm taking you to, uh, taking that to mean, that is there going to be something unpredictable? Yeah, you know, a lot in politics really is predictable if you look back far enough and look deep enough. You know, the roots of critical race theory were there in academia 40 years ago, but mm-hmm. nobody was paying attention. Um, one thing to uh, again to, to that could come up on the Senate side that we've seen uh, not just foreshadowed but openly threatened and I'd say the United States Senate, is the packing of the Supreme Court. But thank goodness there's been a change, and thank heaven there's been a change in the leadership of the House of Representatives, so there, that will prevent any uh, court packing. And that is something to be very grateful for, because it doesn't do us any good to have victories like Dobbs without, without uh, being able to preserve, you know, preserve those victories. If they packed the Supreme Court and undid it, uh, then it would, be, would have been one step forward and three steps backward. Um, You know, in terms of uh, what you might think of as a curve, uh, politically, it's interesting to see uh, a lot of the Democratic establishment come out and suggest or even say explicitly that Joe Biden should not run for reelection. There's already been, you know, op-ed pieces or at least one op-ed piece in the New York Times saying that. And uh, Adrian probably is aware of this as one of those young people who lives his life on social media. There are... um, (laughs) I hope hope Adrian's laughing there. But there are uh, ads now, or at least there's an ad that's making around on social media with all the uh, young ultra liberals uh, speaking into the camera, asking and even telling Joe Biden not to run for reelection. Right. I have But seen this. here's what's also interesting. Think of all of the negative press. Now, bear in mind who controls most of the press and the, and the political beliefs and prejudices and proclivities of, of who uh, is in the press. You know, we're talking about a body of people that votes overwhelmingly for the Democrat Party. Think of the negative press that Kamala Harris gets. You know, is that a coincidence? No, probably not. I mean, if you're involved in politics, and I used to live in Washington, D.C., and I've been involved in politics, you know, uh, for the most part for 40 years in one sense or another, stories in the press are planned, they're leaked, uh, politicians cultivate cultivate relationships with journalists. So why is it that there are repeated negative stories about Kamala Harris? Is it because there are a lot of people in the Democratic establishment who do not trust her or think that she is a winnable, a winning candidate in 2024? So if you're looking for a curveball, the real question is: you know, by this time next year, the uh, presidential primary for the Democrats, presidential campaigns are going to be in full swing. Gavin Newsom is almost certainly going to run. Uh, so the uh, real curveball I would be looking for is, does the Democratic establishment, and really that just means a, a large number of their individual leaders, organizations, do they uh, not get behind Kamala Harris? And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. She makes such a poor candidate. She's just so inarticulate.
0: Well, uh, I think that would be makes- very hypocritical, considering how much emphasis they put on diversity and Wokeness and all the rest to to surpass up a, a female woman of color who's already the vice president to go with a white guy from California would just almost be comical to watch actually uh just it proves the hypocrisy of their values and their beliefs but nonetheless uh you know it seems like uh you know the the reality t v world in which we live in where po- politicians on the right and the left. Uh, all have this insane sort of uh, you know, weight about living their life and now living them publicly. It's, it, it, sometimes it feels like there's no one serious in the room. And I feel like that's going to be another, another issue going into 2023 and 2024. But let's talk about Congress and leadership with a minute and a half we have left on the clock with you, Brent. Uh, what can we expect there? Uh, we, hearings? We're, we're told we're going to see some hearings, some investigations into some of these uh, major stories that we are not allowed to discuss up until the recent times?
8: Well, that was another one of the positive uh, developments in uh, th- of this year w- that we talked about just last week, Joe was um, the revelations from the Twitter Twitter files which which shows the unbelievably close working relationship to put it mildly between law enforcement, namely the Federal Bureau of Investigation and intelligence agencies uh, and social media which which effectively made, made social media the mouthpiece and the, the controller of information for one political party in the United States. So uh, the Republicans come into the house say they're going to have investigations on that. No doubt I have hearings and investigations on a lot of matters. I hope that they do that. I hope that they are just fair and open and they bring that information out. But I also hope, Joe, they don't focus on that, That they really focus on good legislation, because that's why they got elected. Yeah. Not to review the past, but to bring forward positive legislation to go toward the future, dealing with inflation, immigration, religious freedom, and the other issues that are important to the voters that got them elected into all of the country.
0: Amen. Brent Haynes, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for being on with us. God bless you and God love you. All right, we're going to play our game. The phone lines are open. Call right now, 877 757 9424. You might win, 877 757 9424.
1: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Have you ever heard people object to gold and gilded ornaments in a Catholic church? Have you ever heard them question the purpose of burning incense? How do we answer them? Simple. We answer them by pointing out the three gifts of the wise men at Christmas. If gold and incense can be brought to a stable, they can certainly be brought to a church. What do these three gifts mean? G.K. Chesterton says they represent three prophecies about the Christ child, gold, that he should be crowned like a king, frankincense, that he should be worshipped like a god, and myrrh, that he should be buried like a man. The first two are marvelous and obvious. The third is a wonder. Want more than a minute? Visit our website at chesterton.org. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Are you worried about the war on Christmas? Don't be. GK Chesterton says Christmas is the irresistible festival for those who are afraid to be festive. It is the spectacular festival when almost everyone lives and acts poetry instead of just a few people writing it. It is the ancient festival, a trinity of eating, drinking, praying, that to modern seems irreverent because the holy day really is a holiday. No matter what happens, says Chesterton, the great majority will go on observing Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions. And they will continue to do it, and suddenly, someday they'll wake up and discover why. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org.
9: Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants it's a 50 50 chance and prizes are involved avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth call now to take your shot 877-757-9424 and now your host joe mcclain praise be to jesus
0: christ welcome back to catholic drive time and fear and trembling a Catholic trivia game show that has secrets and agendas that you can't tell anybody. Don't do not do it. I'll tell you, but you can't tell anybody. That's the deal, All right, It's just between us. But number one, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you didn't know before. Praise be to God. Uh, that's always a good thing. And then it's also possible that you're going to have a good, good time. You're going to have a laugh in the process. We at least, hopefully, uh, we try to crack the jokes and I think you are contractually obligated to laugh at them nonetheless but but it's a good time and then we give out prizes which means you're going to win something or could win something so you could learn you could laugh you could win it's a winner for everybody involved but you need to make the phone call to play the phone line is open Adrian is standing by to take your call right now 877 757 9424 877 757 9424 is that phone number 877 877- 757 9424. First caller gets to play the game at 877 757 9424. Now, here's the kicker the secret sauce in all of this is we don't ask the caller the questions. So the caller may not even know the answers, but could still win our game. And the reason why is because instead of asking them uh, today, uh, for the rest of this week, because Rudy will be back on Monday. What's going to happen is... Tuesday. Rudy's going to be back on Tuesday. What's going to happen is... Adrian's going to ask me the questions. And I'm going to give you an answer. You have to decide, am I telling you the right answer or am I telling you the wrong answer? And then every time you get that right, you go into the coffee cup at Divine Providence to win this week's prize, which is a CDT prize pack to include a uh, hitherto thought extinct An example, a coffee cup of divine providence. This was like an authentic reproduction of the original. That's what the words I was looking for. And for only five bucks more, I won't sign it. (laughs) For five bucks more, Adrian uh, promises not to touch it whatsoever. But if you don't pay the five
3: bucks, I will in fact sign it.
0: But if you call right now, you'll get the price back to include that and a lot more at 877 757 9424. First caller gets to play the game. At eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. What do you say, Drew? We give it one more minute.
3: And then if they don't call, we play anyway. And then we get to decide whose name to put in the cup. And then we just put in Jesus Robles or Genevieve's name in because oh. obviously they yeah. deserve it yeah. for yeah. saying how amazing I am. Um. Well, let me consult
0: the rules real quick. Um Nope, sorry. I just looked it up that, and that you can't it would be biased. It would be considered biased? Okay. So, uh yeah, well, it was just eight, a real seven, quick seven, seven, database search
3: 9424. Four. If you call in now, then mm-hmm. I guess I mm-hmm. cannot put mm-hmm. my uh biggest fan's name in, so that's Yeah, what I'm saying, we so. we have to avoid the uh, the bias thing. So, so I I try one. to only support those who are going to um uh, campaign for my Ascendancy to the throne of oh, America. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, of America. Of America. It's awfully awkward when we wouldn't even
0: make George Washington king.
3: They uh, tried. They, he j- wouldn't let Yeah, them.
0: John did try. I would allow it. Uh, but uh, I would take that. Washington didn't allow it. He was like, no, are you kidding me, Adams? Stop it. It's because he was a Freemason. By the way, Adams felt the first election was stolen. Just so it you probably know. probably was. <laughs> just so you know. Uh, all right. Well, I guess there's no calls on the line, which is the first, I think. We've almost
3: always had a caller. Mm, that's true. I'm have we to ever, think had we not, ever not had a caller? At the very, There's very been some beginning. Touch and go moments. At the very beginning, yeah. we had Emily Alcaraz's family call in. Those were the earliest yeah. days. That were... was the closest we've ever gotten to not having a caller. Yeah. So if you don't want us to break that streak, 877 757 9424. Otherwise, I'm going to have to just put in. All my uh, my biggest fans' names inside the cup. Well, here's the, how we're going to do this. So the
0: Telegram group is live and in charge here today. T-Storm's on. Rick Wells on over there. Uh, Wheels all over there. Good morning to you, Rick. Hopefully Buffalo is doing really, really well. Uh, Richard, good morning to you. Merry Christmas. Uh, Mike is over there. Josh and Tammy. Uh, Nick, the mic is over there. Damon is over there. Clarissa, good morning to you all. Forrest, Shannon, Merry Christmas to everybody. So uh, there are a few calls coming in right now, so... Uh, we're going to get one on here in just a second. Three questions. And we're going to have to hurry because of the clock. But if we don't get those lined up, then I'm going to give, I'm going to give the, the opportunities to the Telegram group. Because there are, there are CDT insiders hanging out with us every single day. Let's go to the phones. Jeffrey, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. Who am I talking to?
10: You're talking to Cindy from Louisville.
0: Cindy from Louisville. That's like the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yes, it is. Praise be to God. So, where do you go to church, Cindy? Uh,
10: Saint Catherine of Siena in Carrollton.
0: Nice. I I have been there. It's been a very long time though. And uh, Merry Christmas to you. How was your fifth day of Christmas? Are are you going to receive five golden rings today?
10: Um, I hope so. I'm kind of looking at my husband now, and he's <laughs> he's got a face like, uh-oh. <laughs> no
0: pressure or anything, but he's going uh, shopping. You don't make it the cheap gold either, okay? Well, I mean, if you're gonna do this, let's do it right. You know what I'm saying? Like, get the good stuff. Uh praise be to God. All right, Cindy, uh, are, are you familiar with how we're gonna play the game? Do you do you understand how this is gonna work today?
10: Yes, I, I listen pr- almost every day. Wow, so
0: God, I love I you, got Cindy. Ya. It's time off of Purgatory for you, so uh, congratulations on that. But all right, we're gonna play the game. We're gonna have to get started because of the clock. Adrian Fonseca is gonna lead us with the uh, the questions, and uh, I'll give you an answer. You gotta decide right or wrong. Adrian, good morning. Are you ready? Good morning. I am ready. The question is, are you ready?
4: (laughs) I'm always, uh,
0: I'm always trustworthy, and Uh I'm always ready.
3: Well, Mm -hmm. we're gonna go to uh, Mm -hmm. Numero Uno. Numero Uno.
4: Yes.
3: Yes. Which is uh, Swahili. No, no, that's SSL. Oh, I see. Uh, Spanish Sign Language. Got yes. it. Yes. Got it. Writing uh, that down. Yeah, yeah. Very important. Yeah. The question is, and mm-hmm. that goes for question number one. Okay. Who was the first disciple? Or Ooh. as we say in Spanish Sign Language, Uno disciple. <laughs> uno. Uno. Uh, I see. With that accent too. Uno. uno. Alright. Like
0: Interesting. Okay. The first disciple. I'm assuming you mean of our Lord. Uh
3: yes. I'm yes. gonna say our Lady, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Oh, well, that is, in fact, a curveball right there. <laughs> Going with our, the Blessed Virgin Mary, is she the first disciple? Hmm. Mm. All right, Cindy, is the Blessed Virgin Mary the first, the key word, disciple of our Lord? What say you, Cindy? Is he trying to trick you or is he telling you the truth? What say you, Cindy, from Louisville, Texas?
10: <laughs> I'm going to hit the curveball. I think he's truth in it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. no. Uh,
3: okay. I'm giving it no. to her. I'm giving it to her. Sorry. I'm giving it to her. Joe is, and gave the truth.
0: Now, the answer the card called for was St. Andrew because technically speaking, they mean the
3: 12 apostles. Okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah, but
10: you didn't give me those those disclaimers. Right,
3: because why? Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's Christmas to give the uh, the biggest curveball he possibly could. <laughs> it's
0: Christmas. I say Christmas. that our lady was the first disciple of our, of our lord, her uh, divine uh, child, our savior. Uh, and I uh. say we put her in the cup. So there's that.
3: I the executive privilege.
0: See, I told you you could trust me, Cindy. You can't yep. trust him. It's just me he and you <laughs> against that utterly
3: try to deceive you. <laughs> All right, praise be to God. Question number two. Question numero dos. Num- you meant to dos. Uh, okay, this is Uzbekistani. How did you know? <laughs> what? I've gotten to know you over the that's years. That's amazing. And uh, it's like I read your mind. Wow. It's like I read your mind. I'm <laughs> so impressed. Yeah. Wow. That is that's good. You got it. Yes. Uh, the question is, what is the term for three mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. of prayers, mm-hmm. special services? or private devotions, mm-hmm. usually preparatory to a great feast. hmm I see. Okay, so the key here,
0: okay, is that the answer is hidden. It's cloaked. It's veiled inside the question itself. Okay, so what term for three days? So three, three being the key there, right? So uh, some would say try, duh, but that gets transliterated into... Try duum,
3: or some would say tritium. Wow. Okay. That was clear as mud. Um Cindy. Joe McLean seems to think that the answer is try do um or tritium. Mm. Cindy, mm. is Joe McLean trying to trick you again? <laughs> no, or is he no. telling you the truth? Mm. I, let, let's see what Cindy from Louisville, Texas thinks. Is he a truth or is he a liar? Cindy, what say you?
10: That was the only thing that was popping into my head. So I'm going to have to to go with the truther again. <laughs>
3: that is correct. It is, in fact, the triduum. He said in the most sketchy way possible, but it is, in fact, exactly. correct. <laughs> okay, we're running out of time. So let's go to well Numero done. Trace. Trace. Hmm. That's a, that's a tough one.
0: I'm gonna go uh,
3: Portuguese. No Tagali. You were close. You were close. Understandable. Understandable. I was gonna go Brazilian Portuguese on that one. It's Tagali for number three, which is did Mm -hmm. other cities Mm -hmm. besides Rome have catacombs? (laughs) Of course. Duh. Yes. All right, Cindy. Joe McLean seems to believe mm-hmm. that there were in fact catacombs <laughs> outside of the city of Rome, you know, places where the Christians were hiding. Is that right. true, yes or no? It were there catacombs outside of Rome. Cindy, what say you?
10: I'm gonna give the vote of confidence that I think there were. So oh, wow.
0: Cindy, you're the
3: best. Three
0: for three. Congratulations. Two
3: for three. Three? One creepy. She
0: gets it. One for three. Greatest of all the disciples. Mr. Tricky himself.
10: If I say Adrian's awesome. No, do it, Cindy. You are on a
3: roll. All right. right, She she actually gets four in now.
0: She She actually gets four in. Stop it. Cindy, God bless you. Thanks for having a laugh with us. Hey, only accept Merry the Christmas. finest gold from your husband today that's that's I think that you ought to be your policy. so uh, enjoy that, that's
10: that. A good tip. stay on the line.
0: God bless you we're gonna put you on hold. that's gonna do for the radio side Cindy for the rescue having fun. That was a good time but we're gonna go to the after show and conversate with you directly until then God bless you. Thank you for joining us on your Catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and
2: inspired. The Guadalupe Radio Network now
3: brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas.
11: Today we celebrate the fifth day of the octave of Christmas and the memorial of St. Thomas Becket. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Please stand and join us in singing Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
12: Hark the herald angels sing Glory to the newborn King Peace on earth and mercy mild God and sinners reconciled Joyful all ye nations rise Join the triumph of the skies with angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn King.
11: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned
12: O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. YOU TAKE AWAY THE SINS OF THE WORLD, RECEIVE OUR PRAYER. YOU ARE SEATED AT THE RIGHT HAND OF THE FATHER, HAVE MERCY ON US, FOR YOU ALONE ARE THE HOLY ONE, YOU ALONE ARE THE LORD. You alone are the Most High. Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who gave the martyr Saint Thomas Becket the courage to give up his life for the sake of justice, grant through his intercession that renouncing our life for for the sake of Christ in this world, we may find it in heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever.
5: A reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, the way we may be sure that we know Jesus is to keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, the love of God is truly perfected in him. This is the way we may know that we are in union with him. Whoever claims to abide in him ought to walk just as he walked. Beloved, I am writing no new commandment to you, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. And yet I do write a new commandment to you, which holds true in him and among you. For the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light, yet hates his brother, is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother remains in the light, And there is nothing in him to cause a fall. Whoever hates his brother is in darkness, he walks in darkness, and he does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded his eyes. The Word of the Lord. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all you lands. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Announce his salvation day after day. Tell his glory among the nations, among all peoples, his wondrous deeds. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. The Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty go before him. Praise and grandeur are in his sanctuary. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice.
12: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. A light of revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. Hallelujah! 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 The Lord be with
11: you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke.
1: Glory to you.
11: When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle tubs or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations, and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Amen. Jesus. In this season of Christmas, we hear from, in the letters of St. John, that God is light. God is light. But he also says, even more profoundly, that God is love. Not that it's a nice attribute of God, but that God is love. When St. John says in in the Word today, this is the way that we may know that we are in union with Christ. Whoever claims to abide in Him, ought to walk just as He walked. The amazing thing about God being love, that love has come down at Christmas, is that we see that love made visible. And St. John goes on to say something that is very important. The measure by which we measure ourselves is, how well do we love our brothers and how well do we love God? St. John says, I give you no new commandment. The commandment of God was to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul and to love your neighbor as yourself. But then St. John says, but I do give you a new commandment. And the newness of it is in Jesus Christ. When Jesus says to us, love one another as I have loved you, that's the key. And that is what Christmas, the grace of Christmas, uh, gives to us the ability, the possibility of loving as Jesus loves. As Father Sam said yesterday, to be able to receive that love first, to allow, for instance, the baby Jesus to be able to look at us, to receive that love, so that then we can love God and love our neighbor in return. If we do not love, and that really is to will the good of the other, if we do not love, then we do not have the grace of Christ within us. That is our measure. That is what we are supposed to do. That is what, how love has been made visible. How does Jesus love us? By giving up his life for us. That's why St. John says, if we give up our life, if we love completely our brother, if we love God completely with our whole heart, mind, and soul, if we give up our life for our brother or sister, we have found the key. This is what's something like St. Thomas Becket, whom we celebrate today uh, as a martyr. St. Thomas Becket, who uh, was first of all the Chancellor of England back in the 12th century under King Henry II, it really uh, King Henry II's confidant, uh, his, one whom he really trusted. And King Henry wanted, of course, his, his best friend, Thomas Becket, to be the bishop because then, well, he would have apparently more influence. But St. Thomas, Thomas Becket took his role as bishop extremely seriously. This is, he took most of things in life very seriously. And then he had to confront, now, Henry II, the king, on certain matters which Henry was trying to get away with. And he ended up giving his life for it. But see how he loved, he loved the king. But he loved God, of course, great, more great, greater. But he wasn't going to let Henry just do whatever he wanted. He loved him because he willed the good for him. And sometimes opposing him and telling him that he's going the wrong way is the way that we love our brother and sister. We don't have to chain them down, or we don't have to drag them anywhere. We just simply have to say, you're going the wrong way. That's an act of love, because we want the good for them. And the greatest good that we would want, of course, is their eternal salvation. That is what Jesus came to bring us. In the Gospel today, we encounter this man, Simeon. Simeon, who had, was looking for the Christ... For us today, it would, say, it would really say to us, do we look for God's love? Do we see God's love? Do we recognize God's love in our life? We actually take up this very words of Simeon every night in, the, in, in night prayer. We call the canticle of Simeon. Now, Lord, you let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a light to reveal you to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Because we should recognize God's love in our life and then to love in return. This is the grace, brothers and sisters, of Christmas. May we live it well. On this day, when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior have appeared, let us, your brothers and sisters, humbly pour forth to him our prayers, trusting not in our own good works, but in his mercy. Let us pray for the Church of God, that in integrity of faith, she may await and may welcome with joy him whom the Immaculate Virgin conceived by a word and wondrously brought to birth. We pray to the Lord. For the progress and peace of the whole world, that what is given in time may become a reward in eternity. Let us pray to the Lord. For those oppressed by hunger, sickness, or loneliness, that through the mystery of the nativity of Christ, they may find relief in both mind and body. Let us pray to the Lord. For all of our families, for those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, that receiving Christ, we may learn to also welcome him in the poor. Let us pray to the Lord. We pray, O Lord our God, that the Virgin Mary who merited to bear God and man in her chaste womb, may commend the prayers of your faithful in your sight, through Christ our Lord. pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Receive our oblation, O Lord, by which is brought about a glorious exchange, that by offering what you have given, we may merit to receive your very self. Through Christ our Lord.
12: The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks. Lord, holy Father, almighty and eternal God. For in the mystery of the Word made flesh, a new light of your glory has shone upon the eyes of our mind, so that as we recognize in him God made visible, we may be caught up through him in love of things invisible. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. Sung to whose, sung to whose, sanctus dominus deus abaoth, pleni sunteli etera, gloria tua, hosanna in shall cease. Benedictus qui venit in domine, domini. Hosanna in excelsis.
11: You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood who live and rain forever and ever? Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. This offers of the sign of
12: peace. Agnus Dei, vita spergatamundi, miserere nobis, Agnus Dei. Quit tollis is misere mundi, miserere nobis, agnus de hei, Quit mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold
11: the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. When I am not worthy, you should enter under my only Through the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will visit us.
5: those who are unable to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion, we invite you to pray this act of spiritual communion with us. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you.
11: Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that by the power of these holy mysteries, our life may be constantly sustained through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
12: God rest you, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Would remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. O tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, O tidings of comfort and joy, from God our heavenly Father.
3: The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle
7: prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels Saint Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication and envy, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage and death, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft and every form of the occult, we implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, peace i leave with you my peace i give unto you grant that through the intercession of the virgin mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always in the name of christ our lord amen
8: all catholic all the time this is the guadalupe radio network radio for your soul
2: serving God's holy Catholic and Apostolic Church this is K